Amen. What a beautiful message and song. And His name is worthy. Amen? You know, I didn't even know what they were singing this morning, but that goes right in line with where we're going to be at today. If you have your Bible, and I, I hope you have a Bible with you this morning. If you don't, you can look overhead, and the Scripture will be overhead. But I, I really hope that you'll turn to this in your own Bible this morning. Uh, would you open your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the book of Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 63, you go ahead and find it, we'll stand to read it in just a moment. The book of Isaiah, Isaiah, it's in the Old Testament, kind of almost in the middle of your Bible, Isaiah chapter 63. Well, they just sang a song about worthy is your name. I, you know, we ask the question, what's in a name? What's in a name? A lot. Uh, Names are important. In fact, I dare say that everyone who is here today has one. Uh, If you do, and I hope you do, uh, would you either turn to the person, not beside you, but behind you or in front of you, and just introduce yourself to them. Say, my name is, and fill in the blank. You know, we learn so much about a person by their name. We learn so much about a person by their name. You know, all of us do have positive and negative thoughts about hearing a person's name. I, I don't know if you realize you do this or not, but I, I believe when we hear a name of somebody, we instantly think about something. We instantly have something that comes into your mind. It's actually kind of a rather scary thing because when you know you do that about other people, you realize that they're also doing that about you. And, uh, and we all, uh, those of us who have a name, and hopefully everyone here today does, there's a lot you learn about a person in their name. Uh, parents know this to be true, right? When they're picking out baby names, um, whether, you know, in the old days you had to get the stack of like encyclopedia of baby names or now you just go online. And I can remember when Jessica and I were sitting down to pick out the name for Ashlyn, um, you know, a lot of times parents, they just pick out a name by the way it sounds, right? Or the associations of that name. So like, you know, you're picking on a baby name and you're like, no, we, that's a beautiful name, but we can't have that name, right? Um, because, because of whatever reason, uh, we know somebody, I had an ex-girlfriend, like whatever it is, you, you, you end up thinking like, no, that, that, that can't be used. But then sometimes we use names based off of association of someone we love, right? Like a grandparent or, or an uncle or an aunt and something that's endearing uh, to us. But names do have meaning, Names do have meaning. It's interesting to see the way that names come and go. Uh, those of you who, like in every generation, you know, there are the names that are the popular names. I just, this past week, went online to see what is the most popular name in 2023. And according to Glamour, it is this. For girls, the name Luxury. And for boys, the name Royal. Now, some of you are like, oh, that's so weird. But so was your name like 20 years ago, Right? And, and, and so when we think about a name, when we think about a name and, and what it means, we can learn so much about a person by their name. Uh, we can figure out and learn something about their identity, right? So uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Leah and Thomas got married, and, and what happened is 
uh, Leah let go of her last name, and didn't you? And, and took uh, Thomas's last name. And, and there's something that that means, right? There's something in that. She is, she's saying, hey, I'm not taking my surname anymore. I'm, I'm now aligning myself with this person whom I love. And, and her, her essence in, in being married is now tied in, not just in marriage, but by her last name, uh, to, to that. We were sitting down at the dinner table the other day, and I said, Ashlyn, what's your name? She said, Ashlyn James Mansfield. And I said, well, what's daddy's name? And oh, daddy, uh, Aaron Mansfield. And then what's mommy's name? Oh, Jessica Mansfield. And then it was like a pause for a few minutes. And then she said, well, wait, what's Toby's name? And it's like, okay, well, Toby Mansfield, all right? So he, can, he, he is brought in uh, to the identity of the Mansfields, all right, by a name. You know, though, here's the reality. We're not just called by our name. We are known by our name. Your name is not just a word to uh, describe, or is not just a word to, to kind of identify you or to call you out, but you begin to be known by your name. That's why the Bible says a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver and gold. Yet, there is only one name in all the universe that is eternal and powerful and full of grace. It is a name that instills hope in our hearts. It is the only name, the Bible says, by which we are saved. It is the beautiful and wonderful name of whom? Jesus. Jesus. There is something about the name Jesus. When God declared what his only begotten son would be called, out of all the things that God the Father wants us to know about his son is that it is revealed for us in his name. The angel of the Lord, remember, came to Joseph and he told Joseph, you remember what, what, what the angel said? You shall call his name what? Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Can you think about that? Even the name of Jesus, what does it mean? It means uh, Yahweh saves, one who saves. That In Jesus' name, think about it, contains God's promise of salvation for all those who would trust in him. And so the Bible also tells us in the book of Philippians that therefore God has highly exalted Jesus, that at the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, what's so interesting about that verse is when Paul says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess, he is actually quoting from the book of Isaiah. Paul is quoting from Isaiah chapter 45. In that passage, it talks about that every knee shall bow before the Lord. And the word there is God's personal name, Yahweh. But when Paul describes it, and although that is true, it is certainly true, but as Paul describes it for us in the New Testament, it is now true that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. You see, you and I are living in what we refer to as the new covenant. The Bible tells us in the book of the Colossians that Jesus was the fullness of deity. That in Jesus, the fullness of deity dwells bodily. And so what you've turned to this morning is actually an Old Testament passage in the book of Isaiah. But as we read it, 
For us as New Testament Christians, what we're reading here in Isaiah chapter 63 is actually finding its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Actually, the passage is actually a passage that is really a a prophecy yet to take place. And even in that, the, the writer is drawing us back to remember who our God is. And there's something that we read in this passage about his name. So I want you to stand with me this morning. We're going to read the book of Isaiah, chapter 63. You follow along with me as I read. Scripture will be overhead beginning in verse 7. We're going to read down through verse 14. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord and praise of the Lord according to all the Lord has granted us and the great goodness to the house of Israel that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In in his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. And therefore, he turned to be their enemy. And he himself fought against them. Then he remembered the days of old of Moses and his people, where he was, where, where is he who brought them up out of Egypt? Out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock. Where is he who put in the midst of them his Holy Spirit? Who caused his glorious arm to go at the right hand of Moses? Who divided the waters before them to make for himself, here it is, an everlasting name? Who led them through the depths like a horse in the desert? They did not stumble. Like livestock that goes down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. So you led your people to make for yourself a glorious name. In this passage, we discover that the name of Jesus is both an everlasting name, it is a glorious name. And this morning, if you're taking notes, I want to just talk to you briefly about, what it, about the name that is above every name. The name that is above every name. Let us pray. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Just an old Puritan, uh, Anglican prayer. Father, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And what we are not, make us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Would you be seated this morning? I want to talk to you about the name that is above every name. And this morning, if you're taking notes, it's just three very simple headings this morning. The what, the so what, and the now what. Begin with me first on the what. What? about the name. As we open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 63, we discover that God is making a name for himself. God is making for himself a name. And in that, what we mean is that God is making himself known. It's what the ladies sang about in the quartet this morning, that he is worthy, that he is worthy of our worship, that he is worthy to be known. Turn to your neighbor and tell him this morning, he's worthy. He's worthy. And God in Isaiah chapter 6-3 is making for himself a name. Spurgeon put it this way. He says, the Almighty is not only the giver of every good and perfect gift, but he is himself the sum and substance of all blessing. And it is for the highest good of all creatures he has made that they should know their God. 
You see, God has made us, but God has revealed himself. He has made himself known to us. And what Spurgeon is saying, he says, it is the highest good of all creation that they, God's created people, that they should know their God. There is no one like our God. There is no one like our God. There is no one who can be compared to him. The Bible says in the book of Exodus, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in wonders, and glorious deeds doing wonders? Who is like our God? That from everlasting to everlasting, he is God most glorious. You know, it was Moses when God came to Moses there in the burning bush and God called Moses to lead and, and, and to, to lead out his people from bondage in Egypt. You remember that God comes to Moses and he selects Moses for the job. And Moses says to God, he says, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God told Moses something about himself. God, in that moment, revealed something to Moses that Moses had not known. God says, I am who I am. God says, say this to the people of Israel. The I am has sent you. And now when we hear that name, the I am, actually this summer we're going through the I am statements of Jesus. When we think about that name, that the name that God revealed to Moses is a name that is found over 6,000 times in the Old Testament. And every time, nearly every instance that we find it, it's usually translated for us in our English Bibles, capital letters, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. It's pronounced, many Bible scholars believe, in Hebrew as Yahweh. This is God's personal name. It's built on this phrase, the I am who I am. In other words, what God wanted Moses to learn about who he was was that Moses, I'm going to reveal myself to you. You're going to learn a name about me, but my name is, is communicating the essence of who I am. That when we hear that, when we hear that God is the I am, we're to think about his essence. We're to think about who he is, that he is the eternal God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He has no beginning and no ending. He has no changing. He is the I am. God is saying to Moses, I absolutely am. He's saying, well, God, who are you? I am the I am. Moses, I have no beginning. I have no ending. I am. I am the eternal God. Moses learned something about God's name. He, he learned something about God and who he was. But then we fast forward in the New Testament and we come in the New Testament, what do we discover? We discover that the Son of God, when the Son of God comes and enters into time and space, that he comes in the fulfillment of, of Yahweh himself. And he is given the name Jesus. Jesus literally means Yahweh's Savior or Yahweh is salvation. You see, Jesus comes in the fulfillment. Jesus comes in this fulfillment of God's deliverance. And, and, and when the Bible talks about the name of Jesus, it uses actually in the New Testament so many different names to reveal to his nature. It uses so many names in the New Testament to refer to his character. In fact, we find there are over 30 different distinct titles in the New Testament given to Jesus. I want to read some of them. I want you just to listen and, and, and just listen to the thought of what these titles mean. What they say about Jesus, let these wash over you. He is 
the Almighty, the Alpha and Omega, our advocate, the bread of life, the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the chief cornerstone, the good shepherd, the true vine, our deliverer, our great high priest, the I am, judge of living and the dead, the lamb of God, the light of the world, our mediator. He is, the Bible says, our hope, redeemer, Risen Christ, Savior of the world, creator of it all, the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when we hear those words, when we hear those names to refer to Jesus, each one of them teaches us something. Every one of those names, we learn something and we come to know him more and we begin to think about just the awe of who our God is, the grace and power and majesty and goodness in his name. That's why the psalmist said, those who know your name put their trust in you. Like when you know who your God is, when you know who he is, you will trust him. So my question to you this morning, as you've come in this morning, my friend, is what about you? Where's your trust at today? Is your trust in the name of Jesus Christ alone? You know, we trust in so many things. We trust in so many things. Some of us trust in our education. Some of us trust in our experiences. Some of us trust in our skill. Some of, some of us just trust in our own uh, you know, ingenuity. We just think somehow we can just make it through in life. But, but, but here's my question to you. When things in your life don't go the way that you had planned, where do you go? What's your first grab? And for many of us, it's things that are not Jesus Christ. For, for many of us, our, our first inclination when things don't go the way we plan is, is to go and grasp at something else that is lesser. It's, it's, it's all the things that the Israelites did. They trusted in chariots. They trusted in horses. But you remember, we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. There's something about the name. There, there's something about the name of Jesus. And I want us to see that this morning. There's something significant about the name. So we see that God has a name. But secondly, you say, so what? What's the significance of God's name? What is the significance of the name of Jesus? Well, notice in Isaiah chapter 63, God is making a name for himself. He is revealing himself in a very powerful way. You say, how so? God is redeeming his people. In the Old Testament, how did God redeem his people in the Old Testament? Someone tell me. What's, what's an event that we find in the Old Testament coming up again and again as God points back and says, this is how I delivered you. This is how I redeemed you. Someone tell me, what, what was the event in the Old Testament that was so definitive for God's people? I can't hear you. <laughs> Say it louder. The Exodus. The Exodus. You remember God's people had disobeyed the Lord. They were in Israel. They were living as slaves. They were, they were in bondage in Egypt. And as they were there in Egypt, God comes to deliver his people. He delivers them through the man Moses. But God uses Moses as an instrument of the Lord to deliver his people. And in, and in what we read in Isaiah chapter 63, we read about God doing this. Do you see that? Look down in your Bibles. 
Verse 12, who caused his glorious arm to go at the right hand of Moses, who divided the waters before them? You see, God's talking about the parting of the Red Sea as as God's people go across on dry ground. In, In the moment of crisis, in the moment of need, they find this great deliverance. And in doing so, the Bible says that God made for himself an everlasting name. He made for himself a glorious name. You see, God's name is tied to his deeds. Turn to your neighbor and tell him that. God's name is tied to his deeds. Turn to your other neighbor and tell him so you really sink it in. God's name is tied to his deeds. When we study the Bible, we discover that names are significant, but particularly the name of God, because God's names are not just a title to refer to him. God's names speak about his character. God's names speak about his attributes, it, it, they teach us who God is and what he is like. God's name is significant in its authority and in its power. And so when we think about God's name, God's name goes hand in hand with God's fame. So, so what happened in the Old Testament is when God delivered his people miraculously out of Egypt, the news of what had transpired goes ringing out throughout all these other nations of who Israel's God is and what he has done for them. In fact, it not only goes out to the nations, it goes out ringing down through the centuries of time because even to this day, we have this record of what God did. The Bible says in Psalm 86, who is like you, O God? Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you. And here's the thing, and shall glorify your name. You realize that one day there will be people from every tribe, nation, and tongue, all nations gathering together in worship to glorify his name. But here's the connection. The psalmist says, for you are great and you do wondrous things. God's fame is directly tied to his name. That that when God does things, it's significant. And so you say, well, well, that's nice and all, but what does that mean for us today? Well, God made great deliverance in the Old Testament in delivering his people from the bondage of Egypt. But here's the reality for you and I this morning. This is good news. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's good news. He has done much more in the work of salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He has worked a greater deliverance. The Bible tells us that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Peter on that day, he says, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You say, so what is significant about the name of Jesus? You say, what makes Jesus' name different from any other name? Well, a whole lot. Because this is say, tomorrow, you get in a real bind. Like this say, tomorrow, you have a real problem. And, and you try to call on my name. Like, you try to get a hold of me. You may get a hold of me, you may not. Like, I may want to answer. I mean, no, I do. If you call me, I do answer. But like, but like, honestly, really, I mean, you call on my name, I may say, well, I don't know if I want to help with that. You may call on my name, and, and I'm not even able to help with that. 
I don't have the ability. I don't, I don't have the skill. I don't, I don't have the resource for what you need. I don't have the power to do anything for you. But the Bible says, you call on the name of the Lord, you're saved. And this is the I am. This is the creator of everything. This is the one who spoke the universe into existence. That at the name of Jesus, no other name. No other name. In the name of Jesus is significant. Why? Because when we say the name of Jesus, we're not just saying the name. But it's, it's, it's directly tied to Jesus of Nazareth. It's directly tied to who he was. That he is God in the flesh. That he is our savior. You see, we see this in Acts chapter 3. If you turn in your Bible to the New Testament, you'll see this. In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 3, there's this story that in the early church, uh, there was a day that Peter and John were making their way to the temple. And as they were walking to the temple one morning, they came across this lame beggar. The Bible tells us that he had been lame for, for 40 years since birth. Here's this guy, and, 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 he, and, and Peter and John go by him, and he's calling out. He's calling out for help. And the Bible says he, Peter and John looked at him, and the guy thought that, that he was going to receive from them. And Peter says this. He says, I have no silver and gold, but what I have you, what, what I have, I give to you. Here it is. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And guess what happened? Someone tell me, what happened? He walked. Yeah, let's just celebrate that today. Praise the Lord for that. Amen? The guy walked. The guy walked. And then notice what happens. The Bible says that Peter and John, all these people rushed out on them, and they're looking at them as if they did something. And Peter says, why are you looking at us? He says it's in the name. He says there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. There is no magic formula. You see, when you pray, and many of you bless your food, and you get to the very end, what, do you, what are the last few phrases you typically say? Someone tell me. In Jesus' name, amen. You say, why do we pray in Jesus' name? One kid said it's like sending a letter to heaven without a stamp on it, right? To pray in Jesus. No, there's nothing magical in those words. It's no magic formula, but it's, it's the name. It's, it's the meaning in the name and what the name represents. See, when we pray and we bring our petitions to the Lord and, and, and we, we glorify the Lord, we worship him, we praise him, we magnify him, and we bring in our prayers all of these requests. And as we end our prayer, we say, in Jesus' name, amen. What we are saying is that we are believing that he is able. That not only he hears us, but he is able to answer the things the Bible says that we've asked of him. Because it's in the name. This man in, in Acts chapter 3 was healed in the name of Jesus. Peter and John, they're brought into the religious authorities. You turn your chapter into chapter 4, you discover that, that they're brought into the Jewish council and they're questioned and they're asked, how were you able to do this? And Peter answers in verse 10 of chapter 4, let it be known to you 
And the people of Israel, here it is, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, God is raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing before you well. And that's where Peter says, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You see, the early church understood this. The early church got this. As you read the book of Acts, you discover that the early church was doing all these things in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that they were saved in the name. They, they were baptized in the name. That in the book of Acts, we find people being healed in the name of Jesus. We find in the book of Acts, people being uh, released of demons in the book of Acts. They were casting out demons in Jesus' name. They were, the Bible says, suffering for the name. And even in certain places in the book of Acts, we find some who are being martyred, who are giving their life for the name. And see, here's the thing. You and I more recently are living in a day and age where we see the name of Jesus being dropped from like everything. I'm not talking about society. I'm talking like the church. We'll say, well, God did that. Well, God could mean a lot of things. Muslims have a God. Hindus have many gods. We say, well, that was the power of God. Well, 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 what does that mean? But when you say Jesus, it's a different tone. Why? Jesus is confrontational. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except what? Through me. That's confrontational. <laughs> I mean, we've already talked about in, in John, there were many people that could not handle the words of what Jesus was saying. Many people turned away because, because Jesus' name means Savior. So if we're going to believe in Jesus as Savior, it would imply that I have sinned against a holy and righteous God. If, 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 if I'm going to believe in Jesus, then that means that I have done something that has, that has, that has um, broken God's law. And I'm on my way to judgment. Unless, of course, Jesus Christ saves me. We're living in a day and age where people don't want to hear that. You know this verse as well as I do. John chapter 3, verse 16. Would you say it with me this morning? For God... That whosoever, but we forget verse 17 and 18 that says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, the Bible says, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Listen, my friend, the name of Jesus is significant. We should say it. We should sing it. We should share it. There is salvation in no other name than in the name of Jesus. When you pray, believing God to answer, you pray in Jesus' name. You say, okay, so, so now what? What does that mean for us 
Well, man, that means you and I are living in a day that's very hostile to the gospel message. Actually, it shouldn't surprise us. It's been like that since day one. But will you and I have boldness to not shrink away in fear of the centrality and significance of the person of Jesus Christ? In your work, in the friendships that you have as you talk about the Lord? Will you give all glory and honor and praise to the name? Like to Jesus Christ? You know, we, 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 we so badly, Paul says, want to be conformed to this world. But will you be transformed? Will you stand out? Will you stand out in the tide as somebody who is a follower, a marked follower of Jesus Christ? And you know what? We need boldness. That's what the disciples did. As they were called in and they brought before the Jewish leaders and everything was happening, you can read it in the book of Acts in chapter 4, verse 29. Look there in your Bible with me. They said in verse 29, and now this is their prayer. Lord, look upon the threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. And God, answer our prayer while, notice in verse 30, the same time you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through, here it is, the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken and they were all filled with the Spirit to speak the word of God with all boldness. How many of you feel that? How many of you feel, I, I have a prayer. I, how many of you feel that prayer of a need for boldness? Can I see your hand? Raise it real high. How many of you, look around the room. Lord, Lord we, we need boldness. Lord, we need boldness to declare your name. They said, grant your servants. That word servant there, in the New Testament, it really is the word for slave. Lord, grant your slaves. Paul says, I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus is your master and you're his servant, there is nothing better. And this morning, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to die to your desires? Are you willing to die to your plans and your ambitions? Are you willing to, if need, suffer reproach for the name of Christ? Are you, willing, are you willing to be marked as a follower of Jesus Christ with such boldness? Man, we need boldness today. We need courage today. We need wisdom today as the church of God. Spiritual courage. Spiritual boldness. Lord, that's what we need. And they they recognized it. They recognized that Jesus was everything and that they were his servants. But that is so good news. Because if there's anything that you need, if there's anything this morning that you feel like you lack, well, God's servants are well taken care of. Amen? I mean, they're well taken care of. I want to ask you this question. Paul tells us in the book of Colossians that we are to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. To do everything in the name of Jesus is more than just giving a verbal 
um, acknowledgement to it. It's this idea, Paul says, is we're living our life, every day of our life, under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We're living every day of our life subject to Jesus as Lord. So I ask you a question this morning. There's power in the name of Jesus. Sing it. Share it. Tell someone this week. Worship and praise our God for who he is. There's power in his name. I don't know what you're dealing with this week. I don't know what you, what, what's happened. I don't know where you're at this week. But will you believe in the one who is able Those, the psalmist says, who know your name, put their trust in you. Would you do that this week? Would would you allow the Lord to show himself faithful in your life? There is power in the name. Stand with me this morning. We're going to sing. I'm going to invite the praise team to come up. We're going to sing a couple songs this morning just in response to what we've learned. There's power in the name. Would, would, would Would you this morning, just out of your heart, Just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Express your praise to the Lord this morning in in whatever way the Lord leads. But as they sing out, lift up your voice. We're going to sing out right here a couple songs. Wonderful, merciful Savior. I mean, just think about who He is. Give Him glory. Give Him praise in your life. He's, He's so worthy of every bit of it. Lift up your voice. Let's sing it out together.
does who our God is and what He wants to give us? Healing and grace. I wonder who is here this morning. You say, that's me. I, 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 need, I need a fresher understanding, an awareness of God's grace in my life. How many of that's you this morning? Can I see your hand? How many of you, it's the other? How many say, I need the Lord's healing? Physical, spiritual, there's something in my life this morning. I need the Lord's healing. Can I see your hand? If you raise your hand this morning and you feel led to, would you come up here this morning? We're going to pray right over you this morning. Would you come? Come on. Anybody like that? This morning, come. Let's, let's gather as a church. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Let's believe the Lord on your behalf this morning. Anyone like that? Come. There's like 50 of you raised your hand. Come on. Come on. Let's pray together. Let's ask in Jesus' name for these that are coming right here. I, I have no idea what's on in their life. But he does. Would you pray? Let's pray over these this morning. Father God, we pray right now for these that have come forward. Lord, there's just, there's a thing in their life that God's causing them to say they need more of your grace. Lord, they, 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 they need your touch. They need your healing hand. God, we as your people can't give them anything, but we can certainly, Lord, point them to you. And God, we can trust and believe on their behalf, God, for their healing today. Lord, whatever the situation is, I pray that your hand, your power would just come through in their life. Lord, that all of us would be able to, to, to have testimony days, weeks after this of what you did in their life, Lord, for your glory. And we ask it in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ, all God's people said, amen. You guys can go back to your seats. Lift up your voice again. We're going to sing out one more song this morning about the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice as, as they lead us.
Father, we give you all praise, glory this morning. Lord, may you be magnified. We thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you, God, for your compassion. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. You are matchless and beautiful, and we just thank you and worship you. God, we give you all praise as your people this morning for who you are. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for coming to save us. And thank you, Lord, that you are king. Thank you that, Lord, one day you're going to set everything right. Thank you that one day you're going to make all things new. And so, Lord, we pray to that end. We, we, we look forward with great anticipation what you're going to do in our heart, in our life, in your church. Lord, in the coming days to your glory, we ask it all in Jesus' powerful name. All God's people said.